welcome to Next Reads, a podcast where we read the first chapter of a young adult or middle grade book to help you figure out what to read next. This podcast might contain language or situations some listeners might find offensive or unsettling. The North Liberty Library does not necessarily endorse any author's views, but it does support the freedom of speech and the freedom to read. And now, on to the show. I'm your host, Erin, the Youth and Teen Services Librarian at the North Liberty Library. My pronouns are she and her. Welcome, listeners. So for today, I am going to be reading from a new juvenile fantasy book by one of my favorite authors and people in the whole world. His name is Rex Ogle, and it is called The Supernatural Society, and I believe it is the start of a new series. And if you like the Last Kids on Earth books or Netflix show, you're probably really going to like this. I'm going to read you the front flap here. Will Hunter thought his life couldn't get any worse. His parents just got divorced. His best and only friend now is his dog, Fitz. And his mom moved them from New York City to a middle-of-nowhere town called East Emerson. But Will was wrong. Things are about to get way worse. Because East Emerson is filled with a whole lot of monsters that only he can see. To everyone else, they look like normal people. But to Will, the crossing guard is a minotaur. His teacher is a mummy. The librarian is a lamia. That's half woman, half snake, for those who don't know. And there are secret codes hidden all over the place. When all the town pets, including Fitz, go missing, Will suspects there's something sinister going on. So he joins forces with outcast Ivy and super smart Linus to uncover the ancient secrets of East Emerson. Besides, nothing bad could happen when three sixth graders team up against a town full of monsters, right? All right, so there is a warning at the beginning that begs you not to read this book, which is great, but I'm not gonna read it because I want you to. There are also some codes in here that I'm sure you will figure out as you read the story. Some of them are just written sentences that are upside down, and some of them are written backwards. There's one that is at the beginning before chapter one that I cannot figure out if it's like pig Latin also written backwards. So I don't know, I'll have to take some time to puzzle that one out. Okay, chapter one, the fresh start. Will's life was over. No, he was not dead yet, but it felt like everything was ending, a feeling which threatened to suffocate him. It was the second week of October when Will Hunter was forced to pack his entire life into cardboard boxes. His video games, his comic book collection, his soccer ball, the photos of friends he might never see again, all of it was going with him. Yet each time Will taped a box closed, he cringed like someone had put another nail in his coffin. On a sullen Sunday, he woke to find his mom had already packed the car and locked the trailer behind it. She said, it's time to go. I don't want to, Will whined. I'm sorry, Will, we don't have any other choice. Dear reader, as you might imagine, these words made Will miserable. He hated not having a choice. You see, Will already felt powerless in many ways. He didn't get to choose how tall he was, more short than tall, the color of his skin, tan but easily browned by the sun, or how remarkable he was, not remarkable at all. And he hardly had a choice in his dad's departure or his mom's move. In sum, Will hated not having a choice. As his mother drove, Will stared out the window with burning eyes. 
His arms were crossed across his chest and had been since they left the state of New York. He did not want to leave home. He did not want to move to a new town, and he certainly did not want what his mother kept referring to as a fresh start. The car moved along east on the interstate highway, the Long Island Sound, just south of them. In between songs on the radio, Will's mom asked, Are you ever going to speak to me again? No, Will answered curtly. The drive dipped in and out of small towns and big cities. As they passed gas stations and rest stops, and too many trees to count, Will could think only one thing. This sucks. But what he really meant was, I'll never make friends or have fun again, especially not in a boring, dumb town like wherever the heck we're going. Dear reader, what Will didn't know, that I, your humble author, do know, is that he was very, very wrong. This town to which he was headed is many things, but boring is not one of them. Before long, they entered Massachusetts, and the car turned onto a road that had a single lane. As they drove north, then west, Will looked at the map on his mom's phone. The land appeared to spiral in on itself until it drowned in the ocean, like going down a toilet drain. They passed through Provincetown, then onto a bridge that stretched over the water for miles and miles. Waves floated back and forth, rolling over and over until they disappeared onto the horizon. Will considered how far they were from a real city. They were in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by water. Will realized he needed to learn how to swim. Welcome to East Emerson. That was what the sign should have read. Instead, someone had scribbled out the first two words and replaced them. Now the sign said, hope you survive East Emerson. The sign was surrounded by giant dead trees whose branches hung down like skeleton arms. Goosebumps ran up Will's arms and as the car crossed a bridge onto a small island containing an even smaller town. Did you see that sign? Will asked. His mom shrugged, probably teenagers having some fun. What they should have written was, this is a great place for a fresh start. More like the opposite, Will muttered. As the car turned onto Main Street, Will's mom smiled and pointed. Look, here's the town square. It has a beautiful green park, a gazebo, a statue of, is that an explorer riding a fish? Will rolled his eyes. It's a Viking stabbing a serpent through the heart. Look over there, mom continued. A library, a post office, a cafe, an antique store, even a little movie theater. How exciting. New York City has like a million movie theaters, Will mumbled. East Emerson was full of faded signs and crumbling storefronts. Nothing was shiny or new like home. There wasn't a single skyscraper scraping the sky. Nothing was familiar. As far as Will was concerned, he might as well be on a different planet. Well, look at that cute little general store, his mom said. They have funny Halloween masks in the window. The masks at the bazaar shop were not funny. They were frightening. Some masks were vicious animal faces, others horrific human faces, and a lot were devilish devil faces. As the car drove past, the mask's eyes followed Will. More goosebumps rose, this time on the back of his neck. Such a beautiful town, his mom commented. So much space. Can you smell the fresh ocean air? It smells stupid, Will grumbled. Will, I know this is hard, mom started, but Will cut her off. Hard? Hard? Math tests are hard. Moving to a strange new place is worse than hard. It's, it's the suckiest thing in the history of sucky things. Fitz barked twice from the back seat. Then he stuck his head back out the window, 
letting slobber drip off his tongue into the wind. In case you weren't sure, Fitz is in fact a dog. See, even Fitz agrees, Will moaned, reaching back to pet his friend. I mean, couldn't we have waited until after Halloween? Will, you know we couldn't. Mom's voice trailed off. Yeah, right. Marcellus has only been my best friend since first grade, and he's only throwing the biggest Fright Fest party ever, and we only coordinated our costumes to be better than everyone else's, and now for Halloween, I'll probably be sitting at home alone giving candy out to strangers. This is what Will said. But what really worried Will was Marcellus finding a new best friend. He hated the idea of Marcellus forgetting about Will and the long history they shared. The very idea made Will want to scream, and he was about to. But before he could, he was distracted by a strange man on the street whose whole body and face were covered in bandages and a trench coat. Look at that poor guy, Will said. Do you think he's sick? What if this whole town has some kind of weird disease? It doesn't, Mom said. Better safe than sorry, though. We should probably turn around and go back to New York. Like, now. Will, you haven't even given East Emerson a chance. Yeah, well, you didn't give Dad a chance either, Will snapped. Mrs. Hunter, or rather, Ms. Hunter, or rather, rather, Ms. Vasquez, which was her maiden name and was now her name again, frowned. She took a deep, shaky breath and wiped away a tear running down her cheek. As soon as he saw Mom crying, Will's stomach filled with regret. In a hard whisper, she said, Guillermo Benjamin Hunter. You may not like it, but East Emerson is our new home. A fresh start on Nuevo Comienzo. We need to make the most of it, and that means thinking positive thoughts and treating each other with kindness. Comprende? Yes, Will answered, though he wasn't sure if he meant it. Beloved reader, please bear with me. Our young gentleman, Will Hunter, will whine and complain and be frustrated with his mother for some time. Personally, I think he is behaving like an immature and, dare I say, hormonal teenager. As someone whose parents dropped him off at the edge of a dark wood and vanished forever after, I find it more than decent of Ms. Vasquez to keep and even love her son in spite of his dramatic behavior. But never mind my opinions. I'm here to tell you Will's story. I bet this town doesn't even have a comic book store, Will thought to himself. Now where am I going to get the latest Monster World comic? He craned his neck out the window. The air felt salty and wet. They passed a strip mall with all of its stores closed or boarded up. That's when Will noticed a rickety robot clanking down the street. It stopped to speak to a woman who seemed to be dead, or in this case, undead. She had on a floral dress and a straw hat with a band of flowers. She was also covered in dirt as though she'd just crawled out of her own grave. As she waved to the robot, her arm fell off at the elbow. Will rubbed his eyes, then looked again, but too late. The strangers had fallen out of sight as the car turned onto Ophidian Drive. On the next block, Will saw an old house with ghosts flying around and through its attic. The porch was full of green goblin children stabbing pumpkins with sharp knives. Next door, a haggard old man with a chainsaw dragged a bound unicorn into his garage. A terrible screech ripped through the air. Will craned his neck to look up. Two pterodactyls flew by overhead. Will didn't believe his own eyes. What the heck? Then he realized it was October. Now everything strange made sense. People in East Emerson must take Halloween really seriously, he noted to his mom. 
They're already wearing costumes and doing up their houses, and they seem to spend a lot of money on decorations and stuff. Really? I hadn't noticed, Mom said. She checked and double-checked the numbers on the street. Finally, she pulled into a driveway in front of a quaint two-story house. But look, here we are, our new home. Ms. Vasquez stepped out of the car and walked around to the passenger side. She opened Will's door. Are you coming? Will shook his head no. Mom rolled her eyes. I'll stand here all night holding this door open if that's what you want. What I want is to go home, Will murmured. This is our home now, his mom whispered. Will, por favor. Something in his mom's eyes crushed his willpower. He moaned but crawled out of the car. Come on, Fitz. The dog, now Will's only friend in the whole state, leaped out. The St. Bernard leaned to a long stretch, then gave his massive body a good furry shake. He spotted a garden gnome in the yard covered in weeds. He rushed over, sniffed it gently, then raised his leg, until the stone statue smiled sinisterly, displaying hundreds of dagger-sharp teeth. The topped back raced behind Will's leg and whined. Yet, it wasn't the gnome that turned Will's stomach. His new yard was pocked with holes and patches of dirt. The mailbox hung sideways like a dying bird on its perch. And the house itself? The windows looked like dead eyes, the chimney stones like bleached skulls, and the walls peeled like a bad sunburn. Worse, the paint was the color of peas. Will hated peas. Isn't it just perfect? Ms. Vasquez asked. Once we get some fresh paint on it, it'll be as good as new. Will tried to say something nice. It came out like this. I guess it's not a complete dump. At that very moment, one of the rain gutters fell off with a clang. We'll fix that, Mom said. As soon as Ms. Vasquez stepped inside, she gasped. Look how big it is. We'll live like royalty here. It's ten times the size of our tiny apartment in Brooklyn. And we have a yard. Will surveyed the giant, dusty, musty living room that opened into a dining room off to the side of a large kitchen. The ceilings were white and covered in cobwebs and more than a few spiders. The floors were covered in an inch of dust and hairballs and more than a few ants. Worse, the walls were painted the same yellow as pea. I liked our old place better, Will whispered. Their apartment had been small, but it had been home. In Brooklyn, he knew where his friends lived. He knew how to get to school. He even knew all the cats at the bodegas. Here, he didn't know anything. Everything was new, and not in a good way. It smells like a giant fart in here. Guillermo, Ms. Vasquez said. In all fairness, darling reader, it did indeed smell like a giant fart. I didn't want to move here either, but your father... Mom fought hard not to cry again. Will, I know that change is hard, but moving is something we had to do. My new nursing job appeared out of nowhere, and the house realtor practically had to do magic for it. It'll be good. It's our... Our fresh start, Will finished. He hated when his mom cried. He could see how much pain she was in, too. So he swallowed his own feelings and hugged her as she sniffled and wiped her eyes. Sorry, Mom. It doesn't smell like a fart. It smells like one of Abuela's casseroles. Ms. Vasquez snorted a little. Mama's cazuelas smell like a fart. A small smile crept onto her face. Why don't you and Fitz go upstairs and choose a room? I'll let you boys have first pick, but grab a box from the car first. Of course, Will grabbed the most important box first. 
a long box of his favorite horror comics. Will slowly climbed the creaky stairs, Fitz clumsily bounding up ahead. After inspecting the others, Will chose the room at the front of the second floor. It had a large window facing the front yard. He put his comics on the floor and opened it to let some of the farty smell out. Across the street, he saw two kids around his own age in front of a beautiful white house. The first was a short black boy with glasses, reading a large book on the front steps. He had a high and tight haircut and a white shirt tucked into pressed khakis. Had a bow tie, Will thought, and the boy could be a young professor. The girl was very much the opposite. As she bounced a basketball around the driveway, scoring rim shots from different angles, her straight, fine, black hair bounced around wildly as it streamed out from under her ball cap. She wore a baseball tee covered in dirt and stains matching those on her frayed denim shorts and tennis shoes. The girl stopped dribbling the ball. Carefully, she pulled a small firecracker from her pocket, lit it, and threw it near the boy's feet. Crack, 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 pow. The boy started screaming at her, chasing her around the yard as she laughed. The boy eventually gave up and went inside. The girl noticed Will watching. Will waved. The girl stuck her tongue out at Will. Friendly, Will muttered to himself. Creak. The bedroom door swung shut on its own. Will jumped. Must be the wind, he thought. Until he noticed a tiny note stabbed the closet door by a teeny tiny broadsword the size of a toothpick. The itsy bitsy teeny tiny handwriting read, and this note is written upside down, and it says, don't open this door. It took us forever to trap him. Something banged against the other side of the door. Then again and again, an icy chill ran up Will's spine. Maybe there was wind in the closet or cockroaches, maybe a stinky cat box or a dead rat, either the source of the stink. Will took a deep breath as his fingers wrapped around the knob. He'd barely turned it when the door burst open and a moth the size of a two-person sofa thrust itself out. It flapped its enormous wings, blowing dust and powder everywhere. The massive insect dove at him. Will tripped over his box of comics and fell, screaming shrilly. Fitz barked, leaping and snapping at the creature to protect Will. The moth squeezed itself out the open window and into the sky. Will didn't realize he was still shrieking until his mom burst through the door shouting, What is it, Will? What's wrong? There was a monster-sized moth, Will gasped. It was bigger than Fitz, bigger than me. Miss Vasquez surveyed the room, then grabbed her chest. There's nothing up here, hee-ho. You can't scream like that just because you read something scary. I told you those scary comics are bad for you. It wasn't the comics, Mom. I'm not imagining things. Por favor, Will. We're in an old house. There's bound to be a few creepy crawlies. There's no need to exaggerate about the size. I'm not exaggerating, Will snapped. He went to show her the strange note, but it was gone, along with the small sword and the big bug. Will had no proof. Fitz whimpered. At least Fitz believed. Dogs are very loyal that way. Plus, Fitz saw it too. Too bad the St. Bernard couldn't explain the situation to Ms. Vasquez. Not yet, anyway. For the rest of the afternoon, Will quietly carried boxes from the back of the car and helped with the furniture in the moving trailer. Before long, the sun began to set and Will was exhausted. He tried to turn on the TV, but the only channel that worked was black and white and the picture was mostly static. The Wi-Fi didn't work either. For dinner, his mom ordered Chinese takeout, but forgot to get the best part, 
egg rolls. Mom never forgot to order egg rolls in Brooklyn, and Wi-Fi always worked everywhere, and there was always something to watch, if not on TV, then outside the window on the busy street below their third floor apartment. Outside the living room windows, there was nothing. Nothing but quiet houses, creepy shadows, and the chirps of crickets. I know it's different, but you'll get used to it, Mom said. What if I don't want to get used to it, Will asked. Without saying goodnight, Will trudged upstairs. He ran the sink water, pretending to brush his teeth. He whistled for Fitz, who jogged upstairs to join Will inside his dark new bedroom. When Will tried to turn on his lamp, the light bulb sparked and went out. Great, Will mumbled. I can't even read Monster World before bed. The house was dim and spooky and nothing worked. Will wanted to be anywhere else in the world but here, but here he was. Will enrolled his sleeping bag on top of the mattress on the dirty bedroom floor. When he crawled inside, he remembered the first time he used it, camping with mom and dad in the Adirondack Mountains in upstate New York. Dad insisted Will unplug for the weekend. No comics, no games, no TV. Will thought he'd be miserable, but he ended up having the best time. Hiking, fishing, swimming in ice-cold streams. His dad made the whole trip worth it, but dad wasn't here now. How was he supposed to make East Emerson work without the one person who knew Will best? Will didn't want to, but he couldn't help it. He was wondering about his dad. He wondered if his dad was wondering about him too. A big emptiness opened inside Will's chest. It felt as if he'd lost everything. It took a long time, but eventually Will cried himself to sleep. And I'm actually gonna stop there because the chapter continues for like another six pages. And I think that I have given you enough information to help you decide if you wanna read this book or not. I would like to finish it because it sounds amazing. So if you don't think that you wanna check this book out, no worries, there's always another book just waiting to be discovered. I will link to the show notes some books that have similar themes that you might enjoy as well. So yeah, join me next time for another Next Reads. Thanks.